How many are glad to be in God's house tonight? Amen. Let's give the Lord another big, awesome hand. Praise God. Amen. God is good. How many have been having a good week? I know there's a lot of sickness going around with all this crazy weather, but uh, I'm glad you made it tonight. And uh, whoever is supposed to be here is supposed to be here. I'm excited about what God is doing in our lives, in our church. Uh, I was excited to see what God did Sunday, what he's going to do this Sunday. Uh, if you didn't know, we had a couple of new preachers preach Sunday. Donnie and Johnny did a really good job Sunday night, amen. And uh, this Sunday night, we're going to have some more disciples in the making, amen. So keep coming and supporting these guys. You'd be surprised what God can speak through these men because they're, they're humble, amen. They're getting up here and, and you might think, oh, they haven't been preaching very long, whatever, it's, but God speaks through them, amen. And I learned something and I get excited to see God raising people up and teaching us how to walk the way he wants us to walk. So tonight's a special night for us, for me especially. Um, I want to, uh, you guys all know, you get the text and everything, what we're going to do tonight, but I want to um, have my brother-in-law come up in just a minute and he's going to uh, share his testimony about what God has done in him in the last year and what he was before God got a hold of him in the last year. And you guys know that for... Uh, Several years, we've been praying very specifically for Carla's family and uh, for um, all of them, mother and father and her sister. She has two sisters, and uh, our kids obviously have been praying for a long time, so we're seeing some fruit of that tonight, amen? And uh, I know that God still has much more to do, not only in her family, but in our families, all of our families, any unsaved loved ones you don't have. And uh, I want to, um, I know he's definitely going to be nervous getting up here, and he does speak good English, so don't worry, he's gonna, not going to need a translator, praise God, and um, uh, I'm thankful that he does speak English, because uh, translation always slows things down, or, or breaks things up, or whatever, but he's, uh, he's a, one thing I want to say about him, before he talks and gives his time, I'm not going to get into any of his testimony, um, other than the fact that he picked a good woman, and my sister-in-law, I know how it is, amen, and uh, she, he picked a good woman, and uh, he's got a good woman by his side, but he's, uh, he's got a great heart. He's a great man, and um, uh, he's uh, smart, I'll tell you that. He's actually an agricultural engineer, and so he's, he's, uh, he's smart, amen? Anytime you're an engineer in anything, you're smart, I don't care what it is. And so I want you to know that first and foremost, that um, he's, he's coming uh, up here to talk with someone who has a lot of knowledge uh, in the world. And uh, then we're going to see what God has done in his life. So I don't want to take uh, too much time away from what he's going to do, and I'm giving him plenty of time tonight. Um, so just help him, amen, make him feel welcome, and uh, God's going to speak through him. But really pay attention to what he says and what God has done in him and through him, and, and it'll be a testimony for, for you and your family. Amen. Let's give Jose a big round of applause tonight as he comes to give his testimony. Make him feel welcome tonight, amen. Okay. Follow your reason as far as it will take you without any regard for any other consideration. That's basically how I have lived uh, the vast majority of my life. Um, I was bring on a 
on a family where there was no God. Um, my, my mom and dad never told me that there was a God. They never told me that there wasn't any either. Um, the only thing that mattered was reason and thinking and um, what you could do by your own self. Um, I was supposed to be my man. My, my main man was myself. I would get no help from anyone. And um, that was what my dad made sure that, that we understood, that, that life was only going to be what we made of ourselves and, uh, and what we could learn, learn from, from our school, from, from our university, from them. And that was basically it. Uh, I, I've never heard my dad or my mom talk about what would happen after we die because when you die, nothing happens. You just die. And um, actually, it's pretty, uh, pretty easy to live like that. It's, it's, it's very comfortable because you don't have to think about anything else but what you're doing in that moment. Um, th there, is, there is nothing else other than that. And um, I, I had two very Catholic grandmothers, as everybody else in Costa Rica does. Everybody's Catholic. Nobody lives their lives like a Catholic should, but they are all Catholics. Um, I, I wanted to tell you about my grandmothers because uh, in a very negative way, those two women probably were the most influential for me. Um, I remember being uh, eight, nine years old and when, when we, me and my older brother, we were left on, on their home during the weekend to, just to see our, our grandmothers and, and grandfathers, uh, we were like visiting there and I, my mom and dad took off and, and we will spend the day with them. And first thing in the morning, we will go to church. So I, I don't know if you've been in a, in a big Catholic church, uh, but that will be the first and only contact that I had with God in my life. It's actually something pretty scary for, for a kid. Uh, you get to, to stand up, sit down, kneel, stand up again, sit down, kneel. And, and you repeat this cycle over and over. You have no idea why. You have no idea what the guy in front in, in a robe, a purple and golden robe, is talking about. And um, basically, at the end, um, my my grandmother, the, the mother of my mom, uh, which basically was the the meanest uh, person you can imagine, uh, will grab you by your hand and said, "Okay, get in that boot and confess your sins." So it, this is a, a dark, scary place with a little, um, like a net, like a small square netted thing that you open like a small gate and you're not able to see the guy on the other end, and he asks you what your sins are, and you, ha and you get to tell them what, what is that you did wrong, and, and he, will, he will just tell you that, okay, that's what you did this week, because you go every week, 
and um, you need to pray uh, four or five, he will tell you the number, four or five Hail Marys and, and one or two our fathers is what I believe is called in English. So you go out, you kneel, you pray, and you're, you're set. This woman, uh, and, and what was horrible with, with my, my grandfather, which was a great man, and I remember sitting on the kitchen, uh, hearing that the nastiest mouth you've ever heard of any person being ate and yelling at my, and my granddad that was actually was great and, and one of the most important persons and probably the most important man in my life. And um, she will just be mean and, and say the nastiest things. And, and to me, growing up, this was the this was the godliest person I knew because she was the only person in my life that was close to God. So, on the other hand, uh, my, my dad's mom, and, and this is kind of funny because I, 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 well, let, I, I'm going to tell you a story. Basically, uh, I was going through my, my dad in his house. He has he's a lawyer and, and he has this huge library at his home. Lots of old books. Never no one reads. And um, we were looking for some books and and my brother and I we took a book out of the shelves and when we opened it there was a picture, a small picture of my grandmother. Um, she died when I was about ten, so I actually didn't remember her face. So it was really nice to see her face again and actually to remember her again. And my, my brother, he had this, um, he said something like, dude, you remember grandma? She was so nice. Every time when she get back from church every evening, she will bring us this little bag of, of sweets and candy and, and cookies. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait. What, what are you talking about? What candies? <laughs> and, and he was, one, you know, the, the little bag. And um, she will tell me that, that you get yours and I get mine and that we don't have to share with each other because every, each one got his. So I, 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 we, both of us, we were not aware that he was getting one every day and I wasn't. <laughs> so we went to my dad and asked, what's going on, dad? And we, we find out that, that, that day that I, I look a lot like my mom and basically, I, I learned that day that my grandma hated my mom. So as I, was, uh, as I looked like she does, and my brother looks like my dad, he got a nice grandmother, and I didn't. <laughs> and this was coming after church every day. Um, going on this, the only contact that I had with God growing up was the Catholic Church. And when you go to the university in Costa Rica, it's very secular and very academic. It's a big university. It has like 30, 35 or 33,000 students at any point. And they will teach everything there. So you growing up there in Costa Rica and being a student, you're basically taught about reason and about being smart and all that type of stuff. And, and nothing to do with, with religion more than history of the Catholic Church, which is really important in a Catholic country. So you will learn about how the Catholic Church came from Spain to America, to Latin America now, and how they killed 
all the, the, the Indians in Peru and in Ecuador and they steal all the gold and took it back to Europe. How they killed and they murdered all the Indians in Mexico and they again took all the gold back to Spain. And how all these super rich kings and queens from Europe made their countries out of the blood and money of the people from where I come from. So thinking on that and, and looking how my, my family was and, and my grandmothers, the only thing that you could have in your head is that God must be horrible. And the church is the last place you want to be in. My life uh, up to that point, being a student, uh, was just hanging out each day, drinking, partying, and and not not much to worry about. Just each day at a time, and no, no nothing more than you need to get a good job, you need to make a lot of money, and you need to make your mom and dad proud, and that was basically it. I live all my life with a with a big void in my heart. And after a very long time of failing relationships with women and working, uh, feeling as an underachiever my whole life, uh, I'm that guy that everybody at work say, you should, have, you should be the boss or, or in my bike racing, I don't understand how you don't do better because you're so good or, or why do you get nervous in the competitions and don't succeed or or you're too smart to do what you're doing now, or stuff like that. And, and feeling empty here. Uh, I met Marcela when I was about, what, like 30, 35, 34, something like that. And I believe now looking back, uh, there was this day that I was dating another girl and I met her, and I, I think this, to me, looking back, this will be the first time that the Holy Ghost touched me. Uh, I've never cared if I was dating one girl and then I meet another one or whatever. That, that wasn't important to me. But I, I remember that day that, um, I don't know why I thought, no, I need to cut this clean, stop seeing anybody else, and I'm going to give Marcela a chance. And that was actually the first time I did that. And um, I am I'm super grateful to her because now I see that that she was the one that brought me to the feet of Jesus Christ. Um, to me, it was funny because. At that point, of course, I, I didn't know that nothing was going to change in my life. And I just, I, I was living with her for a couple of years. Or, or uh, as I learned the other day, I believe that I was shacking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, one Christmas, a number of years ago, uh, I met Carla and... and the pastor's daughters, but he didn't went. He didn't go to Costa Rica that year, and uh, they were so nice, nice kids. And well, I, I was glad only to meet part of the family. Uh, then 
on, on Christmas, the next year, uh, pastor went back to Costa Rica. And you know, like when, when your, your girl at that point or your wife tells you that you have to do something and there is no way you can get out of? I'm thinking, okay, I, I will have to show this guy around. At least he lived in Costa Rica for several years, so it's not going to be that hard. And I'm thinking, this is going to be the worst. He's a pastor. <laughs> so that's basically what I was thinking. And well, he got there, and I don't know what happened. We just clicked immediately. And what did it for me at the end, and this is very important for me now, is that I was able to see that he was a normal person. This may sound weird, but to me, I mean, you, you need to think about how a Catholic priest looks. This is the, the person that, is, there is no way that someone could be as far away from you as a priest. He has no idea what you have on your head. He has no idea what's going on in your life. He, I mean, he, he doesn't even get to get married. He, he doesn't know what's going on. So w when, when we met, and I saw that this is a regular dude. And we, he played basketball. I, I, I mean, I've been into sports my whole life. And we just clicked. And, uh, and it was really fast. He, they stayed for a couple of weeks, and we... And we stayed there, they, they came back here, and uh, we became friend, friends at that point. And, and Marce told me we, we had some money saved and, and decided to, to come visit. At that point, my relationship with Marcela was, was very bad. We were fighting a lot over really small stuff. I was feeling really empty. I thought that that void was going to be filled when I decided to be honest man to her, but it didn't happen. I, w I was feeling empty in my heart. And we decided to have a kid. You probably know the curly guy running around. And again, at that point, I, I, I thought, this is it. What I need to do is, I'm, a, I'm responsible with her. I, uh, I'm, I'm doing good for her. I'm, I'm always been a good worker, and I've always been able to keep a job. And that part I had it good, but I'm going to have a kid now, and that is going to fill my heart. I remember the day that Sammy was born. I was there in the, in the, where, where he was born. Scariest thing you can do. <laughs> and and they they needed to do a. a I don't know the word. I believe it's C-section. Okay. So they will give your kid to you, and you will get to hold it first, because they need to patch up your woman. <laughs> so I, I got to hold Sammy for a couple of hours, this best, best ever. And, and I was sure. I was so happy, because my heart was full of love. And I believed that I was done. That, that's it. I'm full. Did, I, I truly believed that it had ended. But it wasn't. Sammy grew up a bit, and I, I got that feeling again. And, and at that point, I, I got to the States. And uh, I, I, I've been angry with, with my family my whole life. But I, I didn't know that that was my, my problem at that point. I remember Pastor on, 
Well done. I remember getting here and, and thinking, we, we got here, I believe, a, a Friday or a Friday or Saturday, and next day I'm in church. <laughs> First time in my life on a Christian church. And I'm thinking, something went really wrong here. I mean, this is my yearly vacations. <laughs> it's a lot of money to get here. It's beautiful summer Sunday morning. I'm in church. The, the pastors start talking and, and I remember I remember he talked about how how you can only be forgiven by the Lord in the extent that you forgive and he made an analogy in that day about your forgiveness being I, I will never forget this your forgiveness being like a roof and your prayer, prayers will hit that roof and come back and will never reach the Lord if you were not able to, for, to take the roof off. That was your, your capacity as a human being to for, forgive the others because he will forgive you as long as you forgive. And um, I, I remember that that day I felt tricked because I, I, I've never been in church before so I when he said uh, that everybody close their eyes and and if if you have someone that you need to forgive and, and he went on on this train of thought about forgiveness just raise your hand and and I heard when he said okay I see your hand put it back down so I'm thinking okay I'm good everybody has their eyes closed and I, I get to raise my hand and put it back down so nothing's gonna happen here no one's gonna notice not even Marcela sitting next to me. So I do that, bro. I, I lift my hand, put it back. I can see your hand. <laughs> and then the sneaky part is that I, I was not aware that if you raise your hand, you get to get here to the altar at the end. I felt sweaty and nervous and it was super uncomfortable. So I, I came, came walking here, right there. And uh, for the first time, I, I, I remember my, 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 my grandmother, which is really bad for me. I mean, I'm I probably not able to, to transmit how bad it was, but, but my grandfather, being the greatest man you ever meet and being treated so bad by someone and everything that, I mean, you don't even want to hear about it. But I was able to forgive them all. My, about 15 years ago or such, uh, my grandmother fell on the shower and half of, of her body was paralyzed. And she's, be, he's, she's like 98, 90, something like 98 or something like that. And um, when that happened to her, I thought that that was deserved. And I decided that I would never see the her again. And I never did. She's alive. And when I got back to Costa Rica, I was able to go visit her with Sammy. And, 
and the, the sense of, of, of emptiness that I felt for so many years was fulfilled. I, I, I felt love. And, um, and this was very fast for me because all this happened and it was like boom, boom. I, th these feelings and then I'm on a plane and then back in Costa Rica and I need to find a church. And I feel so inadequate for the Lord because, I mean, I'm living with Marse. I, I don't have, I don't know, I have never read the Bible in my life. So we got married immediately. Yeah, that's good. I've never been a hard drinker or anything like that. Well, in college maybe, but I decided to, to stop drinking completely to give an example to my kid. And um, basically, that was the first time I feel okay, complete. I'm 40, and that was 39 years of my life. And for the first time, I felt that void in my heart filled. Something that my love for my wife and for my kid couldn't fulfill. And now I know that it's filled with Jesus Christ. Amen. Now I just try to, to do the same thing that the pastor do for, did for me. Because it, it wasn't anything that he said to me that made me change in, in the man that I want to be and that I think I am now. But how he lived. And, and, and that's basically what I, what I try to do. I, I still have loose things like my work and stuff that I want to change in my life, but I try to take something that he said to me once that I take by heart and I try to do, which is that every opportunity that I get, I need to give love to another human being because I think that is the number one thing. That's all I got. That was good. Amen. Yeah, that's right. So, what was your verse, Jose? Matthew 6? Go to Matthew 6 real quick as the musicians come tonight. I'm going to read this verse. He said that the verse that really um, got him was, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And this is a huge thing for us as human beings, church, that we've got to let those shackles come off of us that have us bound, which is unforgiveness. And I, I think that I'm sure Jose related to many of you, if not all of us, that every single one of us has stuff from our childhood that when I've, you've always heard me say that, that forms us, that forms who we are. We really are just grown-up kids who are what we were when we were kids and what we saw and what we heard. And 
And as you heard his testimony, the fact that the only God he ever saw was a negative God, a mean God, a hateful God, a, you know, different than what God wants, wants to be and how much we need to be careful that we're not that. That we're not that person that makes somebody else an atheist or an agnostic. But that we'd be the people that someone would say, that, man, there's, this God's got to be real. And um, it's so refreshing to me because I've told, I've shared with you how much his transformation being close to him has blessed me and revived my faith to see all these radical changes that he's made. And he only shared a few and he, and he, he said just the, the, the point of those decisions where he just got back and began to say, God began to say, do this and do this and do this and make this right and fix this. And uh, it just shows there's millions of people out there tonight just like him that uh, are good people. I, we were joking a little bit today that when he began to share about uh, hearing that I was a pastor and everything and thinking, oh man, I got to spend time with this dude and what's he going to do and what's he going to say and what's he going to tell me and all this. I remember telling him, I was thinking the same thing about him. I was thinking, why is he living with my sister-in-law? That's the only thing I was thinking of. So we had two opposite sides thinking, you know, different things about each other. But I remember meeting him, and this is this is a perfect example of why Christ is so important. Because I remember meeting him, and I would tell my kids because they came back talking about that. Oh, Jose's so awesome. He's so amazing. He's so nice. He's so sweet. And I'm hearing Desi say all these things, Chris say all these things, and all I'm thinking is, yeah, but he's living with her. That's the only thing I'm thinking. And he's not saved. That's the only thing I'm thinking of. Because I'm thinking of my, my, my sister-in-law. And so I remember meeting him. And I kept. And then after I met him in Costa Rica, I said, man, this, this guy would be the perfect person for my daughter. This is the kind of guy you want your daughter to marry. Except he's not saved. <laughs> Which is pretty big. And so it shows that being good is not going to get us to heaven. And... Uh, I'll preach for him a little bit tonight because you might want to do this with your family. Uh, he said he had a great conversation I, in my eyes before he left. His father's 81. And I met them and they are just an amazing couple. His, his father was a congressman. His mother was a um, psychologist. Very, they're very studied, very smart, very wise in the world's eyes. Very, very um, successful. And they're the nicest people you ever meet. And they have a great family. But they know that they need Jesus. He knows that they need Jesus. They don't yet. And uh, I told him last year, I said, you're going to see your family get saved. Because they're going to see the change in you. They're going to see that change. But how many know, maybe you've been saved a little while. Whoever's watching you needs to see that your faith is not a phase. And it's going to take some time for those people that you're witnessing to see, wow, this is really real. And there's no way that they can be looking at his life. And there's no way people can be looking at your life and saying, man, this is, this is fake. When they see true conversion fruit. There's a 180. There's a change. You're not the same person you used to be. And so I want to challenge all of us tonight to think about this. And to think about how many people out there tonight are good, wise, smart, nice people that don't know Jesus. And it doesn't matter how good they are. They need to know Jesus. 
Amen? And let's take that home with us tonight. Let's, let's let that simmer in our spirits tonight. Let us do our job, like he said, to tell other people about how real God is in our lives, how real he is in our spirits. Amen? And I believe tonight as we pray, I believe there's some people here tonight that need to exercise what he exercised, and you need to forgive some people. You need to let some things go. There's still something inside of you that's holding you down because you have not let go and you have not forgiven those people. So I want to pray for that tonight. And I want you to be released from that prison. And uh, you might not even want to admit it. You might say, man, it's, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've, what I've had happen to me. But God does. And God can heal those wounds. Amen. So let's bow our heads. Father.